2: For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is
3: going and getting half of it right.
4: One of the things we want
1: to do is create ads that don't suck.
3: Embracing change
2: creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Marketing Today has a special treat for you. Recently recorded a live session with Magic Giant. A band based in LA formed by a trio of Austin Bisno, Zambriki Lee, and Zhang. And you'll hear from them, you know, what their role is in the band, also their personal stories. We'll talk about their creative process, as well as working with brands and how that works. Magic Giant last year released their album In the Wind. But before they hit the road for touring, their single, Set on Fire, began heating up. Independently released, it went from their studio to number four on Spotify's US Viral 50 and climbing into the top 25 on Billboard's US Alternative Chart. Last year, Rolling Stone named Magic Giant one of 10 artists to watch and called Set on Fire the perfect music festival fair. Now, because this is live and our first live ever, we had a couple audio issues during the songs. One we kept in because of it's just live and you'll understand why when we get to it. But the other three we've replaced with the produced versions. And I can't thank Concord Music and the band enough for allowing us to do that. So as of the recording of this, Magic Giant has just released a new acoustic versions of the songs you're going to hear today for the first time. But I encourage you to download, stream, purchase those songs as well as their previously released album, In the Wind. So sit back, relax, and let's listen to Magic Giant.
4: As rain leaves a stain, past work struggle of the heart, you can't tear apart the blame. Now I know that hello is a show for a sweet goodbye. No tears to cry. Which one? We both went up in small Tears to cry could save ourselves Would you say (laughs)
2: <laughs> All right. So we'll give you guys one of these. Nice double mics. Yeah, double mics. We got a lot going on here. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you. Well, oh, nice. nice. <laughs> Thank Thank you much better. You us. Us. Yeah. This is yeah. Cool. So why don't each of you introduce yourself, just so we know? We obviously know what you do now in the band, but <laughs> nice. introduce yourself.
1: Hi, I'm Sam Birkey, and this is a violin. <laughs> There's also a viola in the case over there, so we'll play the viola
2: a little bit. And, but you also play banjo and harmonica? I also harmonica. play banjo
1: and uh, mandolin and uh, cello and like
5: string instruments. Okay. And have you spent time in the Carolinas?
1: Actually, my family lives in West Asheville. Whoa! Yeah. Hey. Nice. Hey. So, uh,
5: okay. i hey. uh, West Asheville, uh, so it's good to be here. I'm Austin, I'm from Washington, D.C. <laughs> hey, so good to be back.
0: Yes! <laughs> <Nice. laughs> And I'm
4: Zhang from Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> and I play uh, the guitar and a
3: little bit of chill
2: so, so I thought we'd start off with some fun words. I'm going to ask you single word questions. I like this. Some of the people check, have check. heard this before. It comes check. from, I can't take credit for it, it comes from Inside the Actor Studio. Have you guys ever I, watched that? Okay. You
3: can still take credit for it. You can still take credit for
2: it. Okay, well, I'll take credit for it. I'll take credit for it. So what's your favorite word?
0: <laughs>
5: Ostrich. Celebrate. Nice. Manifest.
1: <laughs> so do we have to Manifest. make Manifest. Ostrich. Celebrate.
2: Okay. I'm not going to ask where we're going, but what's Blue. your yeah. least, least favorite word? <laughs> Can't. Yeah. Yes, we like that. Uh, repugnant.
1: <laughs> repugnant. <laughs> right,
3: that word. I say old the way old is used. I think you know, like Peter Pan
2: says. The, yeah. Nice. What turns you on? Mm. <laughs> Zang's getting a little nervous. He's
3: sweating. He's
2: sweating over there. Well, mangoes turn Zang on. Dried
3: mangoes. Oh. I spoiled it for you. Okay, thank you.
5: I, but now I, you have to say it towards me. That actually,
3: who's passing the mic? <laughs> <laughs> really
1: let an attention build and then pass it. I would say hope mm. in any way that it goes. So even as hope on the next week or what's right in front of us today, let's hope for it.
2: People who create things. We've got some of those here, nice. and you guys. Let's see, what's, last one, what's your favorite curse word? Wow, oh. nice.
1: <laughs> to say or to? <laughs> I mean, this is, yeah.
2: Wait,
3: wait, wait. I feel like some um, of they, they sound good with Sam, so they're used
1: Like, the F word I feel like just has a nice, hard C consonant sound, so it's like, it's a go-to.
5: it could be like, shucks,
1: it still feels good, shucks.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like sometimes when Sam Bricky goes, Raspberries!
1: Yeah, I have a good raspberry. Sugar snacks. snacks!
5: Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm working yeah. on it. You know, because the,
1: the F word fits in a lot of situations. I feel like that's why it's, so it's, too it's, it's too easy. It's too easy.
3: It's low hanging fruit, yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, are everyone's parent guardians here? Is this okay?
0: <laughs>
3: yeah? Okay. One of our old. So we have a tour manager on the road who kind of just organizes us and keeps us all together. And when we were in Europe touring, we had a Scottish tour manager, and he would call the crew, he's like, all right, you little sluts, you get together and this You call us little sluts. It, it, it ended up being endearing. I kind of started to
1: like it. I was like, man, i little slut, I guess. <laughs> And a, a Scottish yeah. accent. By the way, everything he says just sounds so much more way. So right. Yeah, it just has a way to it that we, just, we don't have here. Yeah.
2: Well, so you guys grew up in different parts of the United States. How did you come to meet each other? How did you come, come together?
1: Well, we met Zhang. <laughs> He was, we saw him playing in a club. Austin and I, I guess, were already kind of working together, but the band wasn't complete, it wasn't formed. So Austin saw Zhang playing in a club in Los Angeles, had a beautiful curly mustache, which he no longer had, and he was playing stand-up bass, actually. And he told me about it, he was like, so this like guy's tonight playing, playing stand-up bass, like, I think he, you know, I think he could really, like, bring, you know, kind of. he didn't say completest, but it was like the missing ingredient, you know? Austin has a a background kind of on, like, kind of more on the pop side. I have a more kind of on, like, uh, folk, you know, both before. So, like, we needed that third ingredient to kind of, like, make what we had kind of come to real fruition. So we saw him playing bass and Googled him and found all these videos of him dancing salsa (laughs) in, like, all around the world, like, in these, like, exotic locations, like... You know, bonfires behind him, and all this. It was like we were like, oh my god, what is? This? We're really actually a treat. Earlier we asked what turns us on. We were kind of turned on by that, just
0: it's because that it's like
1: one. it was like from left field. You know, like I had moved from Nashville to Los Angeles, so it's like you can kind of understand. Oh, and he, he plays the banjo. That kind of makes sense. Austin's from the East Coast. he had been writing for other artists and kind of like yeah, you know, pop, you know, writing like really good pop songs. But like salsa dancing in Bali or whatever. i was just like. Wow. <laughs> So uh, that was a big part of our formation. And then after you found Sang, that's when it
2: was actually, that was when we're we started kind of really doing the work. Cool. One of the good things that we met a long time ago, probably a couple of years ago, we were at a CMO club summit together.
1: Right, we were.
2: All these corporate stiffs and suits. I was one of them. And you guys were playing out, it was in the Santa Monica Hotel with the big mm-hmm. tree. Yeah, And you, start, you guys started playing and started working the audience to the point where I think, half, at least half of us stiffs were jumping up and down as Austin's like climbing trees. How do you guys do that? How do you turn a crowd like that? We can show you. (laughs) Maybe we should show, yeah, show us. Let's do window. All
0: right.
5: I'm gonna sing something. It's gonna sound difficult, but it's not. You don't have to be good at it. So, and then you sing it back to me, okay? So it goes like this. Oh. Try it. Oh. Hey, listen one more time.
0: Oh.
5: Return. Oh. Wow. So some places are shy. You guys, you guys are good. <laughs> this room doesn't need turning. Okay, here we go.
4: 3 a.m. I hope you're home. I want to be with you. Just let me through the window. I had a dream, fell asleep. and woke up in ecstasy. What makes a dream come true? No one needs to know. I will come in through the window. I
5: You guys got to come and join us. Come on over. No, we'll make space for you.
3: Yeah, there's plenty of space.
5: So what does your creative
2: process look like?
5: Where do you start? You ask different questions than other interviews. I like it. Well, I'm not just a music DJ. so. Exactly. <laughs> we've only done, we've exclusively done music DJ interviews, I guess. Our process is different every time. Someone will bring in an idea. Usually someone usually has a little inspiration, or at least they think. And then we'll, Zhang will probably turn Zang down and say, no, nope, <laughs> that's not it. Uh, we call him veto.
3: Yeah, I like, I like to veto things. I don't see more of them.
5: And that's one of the many values Zhang brings, is knowing what is.
1: I don't know. Yeah, and I've learned that you don't know now. And if something is really good, I'll stand beside it. Or I write a song that I believe in it, yeah maybe just needs to be a little different, a little better, a little, you know, it's inspiration to, like, bring it back to the ground floor. Or maybe the floor. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I, I mean,
3: want to agree with right that I think he wants that microphone. I absolutely agree. Um, and I think it's different for all people. I think even I see in Zambricki, he'll bring in a song that has never even had nothing to do with him, but it was just like he had maybe just kind of sat on the sidelines and experienced something you know, outside the picture, and saw saw maybe something happen with another person, another couple, and, and just be inspired by that alone, and then sort of something will come spark, and then one line from that, you know, like I know that hello is a show for a sweet goodbye, just from seeing somebody say goodbye to another or different things like that. So it doesn't always have to be directly related to one of us. It kind of just comes from the surrounding world Like you guys, all the smiles
5: that on your face. But yeah, just something to add to that is like we don't, we actually butt heads a lot. And as Zimbricky was saying, we all have different musical backgrounds. And, and that's one of the things that I like about it. And when we actually, it's like a Venn diagram. When we all overlap, that's the thing that. I guess that's what resonates. It's
3: always really small. In the Venn diagram, it's always kind of small. I oh, thought you went into office. Office, office. <laughs> yeah. Venn diagram. It's really good. So adaptable. Yeah. We'll get you doing Trying
5: to speak your guys' love language.
1: <laughs> we'll
3: get you
5: doing
2: some PowerPoint. Can we yeah. yeah. a PowerPoint?
5: So.
2: Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, would you please uh, drop, uh,
1: the, uh, drop well, it? Drop
2: it. Well, we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just take a minute to set it up.
1: Yeah. No, Got a remote in your pocket?
2: <laughs> now the lyrics the songs on the album are mostly upbeat for the most part Mm -hmm. the lyrics are serious if you actually like read them what is it about the duality of that
3: nice yeah sometimes it's easier to digest the song or if it were just a sad song with sad and heavy lyrics it takes a toll on somebody so i always like when songs and other artists have done this and inspired me in this way but when songs are like they're presented in such a happy and uplifting way that have Deeper, there's a deeper meaning to the song. It's not only a layer of the song, like an onion, you can just kind of look deeper into it and actually has a different meaning, but it's just a more digestible way of kind of hearing these thoughts and these like feelings and that. And also, it also adds to the, if there's a heavy lyric, but uplifting song, then it makes it sort of a triumphant, a hopeful, you know, triumphant human will, as you can say. The theme is not necessarily about feeling sad, but there's triumph to these lyrics that you can feel.
5: Yeah, adding to that, like, By the way, we're making an acoustic version of five of the songs from the album, In the Wind. They do get interpreted in a totally different way when it's acoustic than when there's this big dance production behind it. But yeah, like Zen was saying, Triumph of the Human Will, it's like, our lyrics are heavy, but they're optimistic. And so when you can dance to them, you feel something different,
2: you know? It's interesting. It's interesting you're going to experiment with acoustic on your traditional songs. Because going to a performance, and I hope some of you guys will go tonight, and I'm going, so I'm going to be looking (laughs) and taking attendance. Well, it's like a smile factory, man. Like, when you get out of one of your performances, you're like this. (laughs) (laughs) Like, is that what you're going for every time? I mean, I think at the the shows, we're not
1: actually going for it, but we get truly excited when we're there. And, like, especially since after we put the album out, like, so many people know the songs now so it's almost like we have this even if we've met them for the first time we kind of have a shared experience with them so it's just like we're just excited man and I think it just spills over a little
5: bit yes like the same effect happens to us when we might not be having the best day but you know we'll play a show in the connection with with everyone at the show is like uplifts us at the same time and I think just it circulates right what
2: drives you guys? What makes you do this every day?
1: I think I mean, it's different for as a band, but as a, for me personally, it's writing songs is kind of like creating a piece of art. And then when we go out on the road, it's almost like we're bringing our art out there. So it's like we made this painting and then we get to, we're like carrying around the country and get and to kind of share it. So it's just like that process
5: of creating something in your bedroom and then like bringing it out to the world. It's yeah. really beautiful, nice. That is beautiful. I think as, from a performance standpoint, it is connecting with others. I think like if we just wanted to play the songs we wrote, we would just stay in our bedrooms. Yeah. But like the whole reason we're touring, we're on like a you know, we've been touring basically non-stop since April is since we released the album is like we want
2: to connect, we want to have these shared experiences. So getting music out into the world is not easy. And I remember Austin, you work in the crowd at that summit we were at handing out some business cards. I think that's how we connected. I definitely yeah. never handed out a business card in my
0: life.
2: <laughs> okay, maybe that was me handing you my Yeah, definitely, yeah, okay. I probably um, took a photo of
5: your business card. Yeah, yeah. I gave or, it back
2: to you. Yeah. Probably, because you don't want to waste the tree, I'm sure. How'd you know? I knew, I <laughs> knew. Um, we actually but, have a, you guys business. use Slack
1: here, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we have a, uh, and we use Slack as well, for, for our business, we have a Slack thread called uh, Business Cards.
0: So if <laughs> yeah. someone uses
1: a business card, we just take a picture of it in Slack, and try to do it back And they're like, no, 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 keep it. I have a whole stack." And we're like, no, 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 no just take
2: back. <laughs> nice, nice. What is it? I mean, what's the process to get your music out? And did you guys, did you start independent? And are you still independent? I'm not even sure. It's quasi? We're on an independent label, but it's like, I think the
5: biggest independent label. It's called Concord Music. Yeah, we started out independent. Our first show was four years ago in March. And then this album, we release through a subsidiary. But yeah, what's the process of getting your music out? I mean, it's, it's a mixture of a lot of things. Radio has helped us, Spotify and those types of things have helped us. Licensing can be huge, of course. Touring can be huge. The list goes on,
2: but yeah. Okay, good. So it's a little bit of a hustle. Would you agree? A
3: lot of hustle, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and for us, particularly, I think one thing that's helped with touring, it's like palpable, you can see people come and you can affect them or not, but the ones that are affected end up bringing their families and like, their mm-hmm. friends to the next show because it's such a high that they leave with. And is so it's like you throw a smile on someone's face and it can last them a couple of hours or it can last them a whole month. And so they're like, everyone's searching for that. I think that's going backwards. That's kind of what you know, drives me or drives us and inspires us is mm-hmm. like how you can affect people just at a show. If we do this every night and we can affect It's just a little drop of of a smile in each little town and that's
2: enough for me to keep going. Have you guys worked with any um, brands or companies yet?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, on this tour.
5: Yeah, even on this tour, we're working with a few. We're working with a cryptocurrency called Nexus Earth. We're working with a greening organization called Green Notes. Mm -hmm. They're like offsetting the carbon emissions. Well, one thing that we do is plant a tree for every album sold through an organization called One Tree Planted. We're working with this, like a nutrition bar company called Sun Warrior Protein. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, yeah, Sun Warrior. They're, they're, they're yeah, the list running. goes on.
2: <laughs> yeah, Sun, Warrior nice. yeah. <laughs> Sun Warrior Tribe. Yeah.
1: Sun Warrior Tribe.
2: What makes a good company to work with or a good brand to work with?
1: I mean, I think ideally, we don't have to have, our ethos don't have to match up exactly. It doesn't have, not every partnership's gonna be like the absolute perfect fit. But I do think it's, some, it's a company that we have to believe in. and. Share, you know, a little bit of the same nah, yeah. values.
0: Yeah,
1: and it has to be something that we think is cool because if we're going to share it with all the people who follow us on social media and everything, it's like we have to maintain our brand and our kind of integrity. Right. So it's totally not worth it for us to kind of work with a company that's totally off the wall. It doesn't make sense. Because then it just doesn't feel authentic. Yeah. Right.
2: So this is the first ever recorded live, I guess, podcast. So it'll go out to a bunch of marketers. How should marketers contact you if they're interested in working with you? Uh, I
5: guess
2: our management, yes, 7S management. Slack. Hey, our, our website. Your <laughs> Slack.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> just have them uh, just go on the website and email us. We have a funny story. I know now that, now that you said what's our favorite curse word we can curse. Yeah. We were talking with our bus driver and Zanberg was like, so like, where does, because like, you can't, you can't, I know, I didn't do it right yeah, you can't take a shit on the bus. And you can, you, you can, but you just you don't want to. <laughs> and so, well, like, what does Bono do? Like, you know, is he going into the local Walmart or whatever? And our bus driver, he goes, when we find out, email you. <laughs> Stuck with us, so <laughs> they can email us. Nice. So, do you guys have any questions for these guys? What's your
0: favorite music-inspired
4: or music-based documentary?
5: Ooh, wow. I want to see the Abbott Brothers one. That's it's, is it? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, we got to watch that. Yeah,
3: I'd say for me, I forget the name of it, but it's about backup singers and most.
5: Oh uh, yeah, companies. thirty feet from yes. startup. Thirty it's
3: feet different. from startup. Yeah, it just shows how much it actually goes into.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
3: These live shows and these bands and all the people that are actually involved, artists themselves and are amazing musicians. And it's
1: not just about the person holding the mic. And they got to walk?
3: Well, what's the answer?
0: Hmm.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say there's a there's a Chef Gordon documentary, oh,
5: yeah. which
0: he's a he's a music manager. Yes.
5: Right. And then he's you know went on to do other things super outside match. of music. Yes. Yes. Right. Superman. Yeah. yeah. there's yeah. another one. When I stop talking, you'll know I'm dead. <laughs> Jerry Weintraub. He tells the most incredible stories of, with Elvis and with, like, do you guys know these stories? Like, they were playing in Miami in a 10,000-person in a arena, and Elvis's only request was just make sure every seat is filled. So he gets to the box office. He's asked them ahead of time. His manager gets to the box office, Jerry Weintraub, and asks them, well, and he had asked them a ton of times ahead of time, hey, is, how's it doing? They said, oh, yeah, it's sold out. Both shows are sold out, the, the matinee and the nighttime show. And he gets there, and he sees 5,000. He sees a stack of tickets on the wall. He said, what are those? And the box office person says, oh, yeah, the matinees. We've only sold 5,000. He's like, what are you talking about? Like You told me you'd sold them all, and I'm going to get fired. His only request was make sure every seat is filled. So he does a little brainstorming, and he goes to the local prison and ask them if he can, can... It's actually not what you expect. Yeah, <laughs> if the prisoners will, I don't know, maybe bribe the guard or something, if the prisoners will help remove 5,000 seats from the arena during the matinee. And they That's do, they, they, they put them in the, all the seats in the garage, all 5,000 seats they are filled played in. The, play the sold out show. Play the sold out show.
3: And They came, they unbolted all these seats, pulled them out, put the prisoners to work, and then...
5: And put them back in for the night show. And, and he talked to Elvis after, and he said, how did it feel? And Elvis goes, yeah, you know, matinees just never have the same energy <laughs> as <laughs> Nice,
2: nice. Any other questions? Walt?
1: Yeah. Uh, favorite place you've ever performed? Maybe mm. somewhere where you didn't have to remove 5,000 <laughs> volts And favorite crowd you've ever performed with since you seem to
3: perform
4: with? Oh, that's really nice. Or just right.
3: for yeah, I'd say a favorite show, a favorite venue, I guess, if it's even considered a venue, is there's this festival in Rothbury, Michigan called Electric Forest. And about 15 years ago, the, the festival owners planted this forest for this festival, so intentionally planted a full forest. And there's like there's parts of the forest that are very thick with trees and others that are scattered that have like a main stage. But we played this festival called Electric Forest there. And we played in the middle of the forest. There's like a stage with tree houses people can view from. And it's like this gorgeous place, yeah. And everyone is is in love with the venue and they're all so excited to be in the middle of the forest. And it just has this kind of energy that no other venue has matched for me. And just to be there and like to look amongst all, you couldn't see the sky, it was just filled with
1: trees. It was, it was gorgeous. So I think that was probably my favorite. And also just, one, I, I love that festival as well. One thing they did there, which I feel like I always remember, is they uplit all the trees at night. Which is just yeah. such a simple thing to do, but it totally changes. So during the day, it's this whole kind of like woods thing, and then at night, all the trees are, are uplit, and this looked like a, just a fantasy yeah. world. Yeah. So, so now we always want, we ever do, we've talked about it during our own festival yeah, so one day, but one of the first things we do is uplit the trees.
5: <laughs> Check.
1: I read the Fillmore in San Francisco mm-hmm. uh, was really, we, you know, we played a, a sold out show there with the revivalists who are on Concord art label as well and like it was just so awesome because I remember going to San Francisco kind of like for the first time and, and walking by there and like just knowing the whole history of The Great World Dead, James Joplin, all the people that like, came through there and they do a thing where they create a poster and I've seen these posters before of like the Who at the Fillmore and right? you see the poster and you just think, oh, cool. But they actually, what they actually do is if the show sells out, they make a poster for you. And then everybody who leaves the, the show, they give everyone a poster on the way out. So it's like, you saw a sold that show there. And then we got a poster for a sold-out show at the film park, which was like the same font as like the Janis Joplin and like the Who from the film. So it's just really cool to be like, wow, that's why they do it. We did it.
5: <laughs> yeah, those were both cool. And then the performing with, we did a, um, a show at the Bowery in June. Where, in New York. In New York, sorry, the Dowery Ballroom. And a girl hit us up on Facebook and said she wanted to propose to her girlfriend. So we, of course, said yes. We, and we've done this a few times, but this one was, was really special because the girlfriend's family was all there as a surprise. And in the middle of one of our songs, we came into the middle of the crowd, played the song, had, had the girl came up and proposed, and she said, um, you promised. You made me promise never to propose to you in public unless it was with Magic Giant. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was just so beautiful. And then everyone sung along together.
2: Awesome. Nice. Will you guys play a couple more songs?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah sure. So, uh, so this, this song we're about to play uh, is called "Shake Me Up." It's one of the arrangements that we just created for this music album. So it's. Uh, and the production
3: on the record is actually pretty. Dancy
1: and yeah, the record is very, and we just put a music video uh, out for it, out for a *Reason* in vivo. And this is this is kind of a testament to what we were talking about earlier about how the production of a song can kind of really change the interpretation. And this is the last song we wrote for the album *In the Wind*. When we were writing it, it's kind of about different things, but we were there's a Bob Dylan song called *Forever Young*. And uh, we were I remember reading that like he wrote that for his like children. as kind of like a letter to his children. So when we were writing this song, we were talking about how it was a letter to our grandchildren. So like one, one layer past Dylan. Always trying to
0: compete. Um,
1: and that's what the verses are. It's kind, of, it's kind of like what we would say, even though it's like we're, none of us even have children, but like what we would want for them, kind of in a, almost in a letter form. And then in the chorus, it's, it's the inverse of that. It's kind of like way down the road when we have when we have grandchildren. When we're older, and we get stuck in our ways, like, they can use, hopefully they can, like, get us out of it, and kind of return that grand, and kind of original letter.
5: In the in the bridge, when we were writing this, Dang's dad had just passed away, and had struggled with mental illness for a long time, and battled it, and we say, release yourself from the storm, it rolls on, and just the notion of, that the storm can either take you away with it, or, you can let it, let it go. And can you guys condense as even <laughs> tighter, like get as snugly as, uh, as the agency's ever been?
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> and you guys are a snugly agency.
0: That's
5: really nice. So this is called Shake Me Up.
4: Always dance your way to higher ground day.
2: So I've got two more questions, maybe one more song, and then we can migrate downstairs cool. or we can just mingle. Sound good? Perfect. All right. Yeah. So it's kind of a deep question, but I ask it to everybody that comes on my podcast. Is, is there an experience in your life that defines or makes up who you are today? I might know what yours is, but I don't know if anyone else knows. I can start with mine and I'll let you point up me.
1: <laughs>
5: it's not mean, it's true. Alright, so I was playing basketball when I was 12 and I broke my ankle the first day of camp and I was dejected and I didn't even know songwriting was a thing that you could do. I thought songs just existed and my mom was like scrambling to find me a, a something to do to replace that. and. She booked a songwriting camp, and I fell in love immediately. And I, I became more passionate about it every day since.
0: A hey for mom. Yes. Yeah. it's for mom.
2: I think that was a PNG ad. We just yeah. <laughs> got, got it. Finish
1: it, finish it. So uh, that's beautiful. And his, and his parents are amazing. We actually just saw them. He's from yeah. series. We just got to spend time with them. So for me, kind of similarity as far as as being an injury. But when I was thirteen, I was riding my bicycle across the street with like a group of friends, and I got hit by a car. Uh, Jeep and Bronco. I remember the last thing I saw. It said Jeep. And I woke
2: up, you know, four that's, days later. It's not a Jeep ad.
1: It's not <laughs> It was a Jeep. And I was in a coma. I was totally knocked out. My whole group of friends that I was with, you know, they, they all thought I died on the. You know, they all thought I died right there, like on the on the pavement. So for me, I I don't remember anything. Right I just remember basically waking up in the hospital. And when I came home from the hospital, a couple of things. One thing, I lost my sense of smell. Like I couldn't smell anything. Which I like I like tried to. So I was like, do smell that?" And then there was just like there was just no smell there. Also, uh, so I was kind of stumbling around my my house, kind of con- like in this very uh, concussed state. And my cousin had just started taking violin lessons, so there was a violin at our house. And I picked it up and I started kind of messing around on it. And I taught myself how to play violin in like, within a matter of the first few hours, I can remember like figuring out the vibrato and being able to kind of play. And then by the time, you know, my parents kind of came back, I could, I could play the violin. Like I could, I could play it. Like I remember thinking, wow, I'm ready to like, go play with people. Like I was ready. <laughs> So when I came back to school, I was probably out for a couple of months. When I came back to school, I joined the orchestra. And I, like, smoked all these kids, and
2: all these kids like,
1: <laughs> So I never really thought about it again until, like, I guess two years ago, we were on tour, and we were at a dinner with a neurologist and our, our tour manager at the time told him kind of my stories that we were having dinner. And he came up to me, and he kind of started telling me all about other cases that he had heard about. It. And there was actually, like, a, they call it like a syndrome
5: where, fired, yeah, yeah,
1: it's called acquired so response syndrome. Whereas, like, you have a kind of a traumatic event, but then there's other people where it's like it ends up like accelerated learning, or I don't know exactly what happens, but so yeah, so that's how I learned how to play violin originally, and then I started playing all different other string instruments, and then I got into songwriting as well, but kind of was just so immersed in violin, it kind of like saved me from it. It gave me like I don't know, and then it just changed my life. So I never went back to, it was almost like it created, and it also changed my brain. I don't say it created another person. We have, I was, at Christmas last year, we were looking at home movies, and there's movies from before the accident and after the accident, and it's like, I look the same, I'm almost like a different, it's like, it's weird, it's almost like a different kid showing up or
5: something. You do look the same or different?
1: I like look physically the same, but it's like there's a fire in me that was not there before, and you can like mm-hmm. see, it's crazy. Wow.
2: wow, that's a great story. Zhang, what about you?
1: Yeah, I've never really been
3: able to share this story. You asked in such a way, it's usually how you learn how to play, um, but you asked if was something that kind of changed yeah. our characters. And for me, when my father started, I got sick maybe like six years ago now, and that was a, a pretty pivotal point in my life. I was going through college and I had to stay home for college instead of going away because I had to take care of my father. And it was, such a, like, it was just kind of unknown to us what exactly was happening. Mental illness is not clear, nor is it even talked about, so there's not really a lot you can... There's nowhere you can really go to get help on it for some reason. So just to kind of shorten the story, he grew mentally ill with like, psychosis and schizophrenia without even see or hear things, but his logic was completely skewed. He thought police were after him and different things like that. So we had to admit him into hospitals and do things like this, and my mom had kind of left because it was just too much for her to handle, and my sister similarly. So I jumped into this sort of like, okay, I I need to take care of this because nothing else is going to happen. That's totally fine, but I think what really shaped me was that my father, it kind of happened to him because of such a stressful situation. Just really weighed him down and drove him into a deep depression. He stopped eating, and so then there was a chemical imbalance, and all these different things. He stopped sleeping. It just really grew me to be a little more conscious of what, you know, how I'm taking care of myself and how to not let stress really take me over because it actually can and it can really affect people in that way. And so I just decided from there to take things a little more lightly. And he also was like, he was always, my family's Persian, so we come from a very strict. Upbringing, and he had always taught me that music was just a hobby. Because he had come here from Iran, and he studied, and there's a, there's a way you study, and then you get a job. You can be a lawyer, a doctor, or an engineer. Of course, you should do that. So I was studying to be an engineer, and I always had the voice in my head that music was just a hobby. Until he got sick, which is kind of strange. He got sick, and that was that, that sort of that voice just stopped, and my whole path sort of changed. I like. I wasn't as stressed about school. I didn't really think it was that necessary. Though I finished, but I just started taking music a little more seriously. So I think a big part of my character now is, you know, the sort of fault that my dad ended up having. So, thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was yes. beautiful. Sure. Yeah, no, yeah, thank
2: you. Well, and your dad makes an appearance in one of your videos, right?
3: So this is my stepdad. Who's oh, okay. an amazing, okay. beautiful human that kind of came in and sort of really shifted the energy in our house and he's so beautiful and i'm I'm really appreciative of him but yeah there's a so the video for shake me up which is essentially that you know if if anyone gets complacent or even in old age if you feel like you're just doing the same thing over and over you can you can change that you can stop that so our sort of icon our character for that was my stepdad it was you guys should watch the video
1: it's called shake me up but yeah he's he's the star of the video and yeah, his stepdad is amazing, and he, you know, we live in Los Angeles, so there's a lot of, you know, actors, people around. But his stepdad, though he never acted a day in life before this, is like Robert
0: <laughs>
1: His face, his facial expressions, really, it's, it's amazing. You feel it, yeah. So I like to say, like, I'm his agent. <laughs> but, but it's like, so he was in also our video for Window, so you yeah. have a little recurring, a recurring role of Joseph.
2: Family business. Yeah, it's
1: all in the family.
2: So last question, and you guys can play us out. What's the future for Magic Giant look like? Well, we got some festivals this
5: week. We're playing Coachella this and Bottle Rock, and we'll be back. We're playing Bun Berry and yeah, different festivals. This summer, we got the acoustic collection. I think we're really excited about this acoustic album because it's a totally different way of hearing our music. Like Everyone thinks of
3: us as like this high energy, like energy high type of thing. So it's really nice to release something that can like work for a different, either a different group of people or just a different energy for those same people. I'm really excited about that. that's only in the near future, we have a lot, we have new songs and other things as well. But yeah, we're we're gonna keep going.
2: Great. Great. Keep riding the train. Well, play us one more, maybe. Is that okay? That'd be great. Cella. Oh,
5: yeah. Yeah. Great. 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 Beautiful. Yeah. And this is this has been a heavy. Tonight will be much, much lighter. <laughs> okay. It doesn't have to be though. It doesn't have to. It's, it's whatever you want. It doesn't have to be light. I know I was about to make a heavy introduction to this song. You <laughs> <laughs> have drinks afterwards, okay? Okay, let good. It oh, yeah, cool. okay, let it good. up for
3: you now so you can get heavy in just a second.
5: Yes, yeah. Sometimes you say goodbye to someone. It's not till 10 years down the road. You realize perhaps that was the last time you got to see that person. And we just try to treat every goodbye meaningfully. It's called Great Divide.
4: Reaching out into the mistake. left behind be front, found each other in the winter, lost each other in the sun. Oh, we're bound to get it right next time, drown the darkness in. In the dark, see in the light, let it shine, I'll see you on the other side. Great.
2: Want some mingle? We'll be downstairs in cafe. Thank you. Thank you. Marketing today is brought to you by Atomic. Atomic focuses on unleashing the growth potential for clients we serve. Atomic is a strategic consultancy specializing in business, marketing, brand, and innovation. Our singular goal is to help you accelerate your efforts with the right mix of expertise, analysis, and creativity. Check us out at Atomic.com. A-T-O-M-C-K dot Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with writing and editing by Kevin Greeley, Social media support by Megan Woods, art and graphic design by Sarah Dell. If you're new to marketing today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love to hear from listeners, and you can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes with links to anything we talk about on any episode. You can also search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today.